In this Sunday's Gospel, Jesus gives us his most difficult but rewarding commandment. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and addressed them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you wishing to construct the tower does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there is enough for its completion? Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlookers should laugh at him and say, This one began to build but did not have the resources to finish. Or what king, marching into battle, would not first sit down and decide whether, with 10,000 troops, he can successfully oppose another king, advancing upon him with 20,000 troops? But if not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, any one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple." The Gospel of the Lord. I was praying on Tuesday morning and sent a few lines from this Sunday's homily to a priest friend. And I said, it's just a draft, it's incomplete, but I want to know your thoughts. To which he simply responded, isn't that a metaphor for our lives? Life is a first draft. We're all works in progress. This is certainly true when it comes to faith, to my faith. It's a work in progress. It's a first draft. It's incomplete. In today's gospel, Jesus gives us his most difficult command. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, He cannot be my disciple. Clearly, Jesus did not go to business school, nor was he a master in marketing. Telling someone to hate the people we love the most, even our own selves, is a great way to lose, not to gain disciples. So why did he say this? What did Jesus mean? This verb Jesus used, which we translate as to hate, simply means to choose one person or one thing over another. In other words, we must choose the Lord over everything and everyone else, over our family and friends who should occupy second, not first, place in our hearts. This command makes more sense when we use St. Matthew's translation. St. Matthew didn't say to hate. Matthew said, Whoever loves his father and mother, his son and daughter, more than me, is not worthy of me. Still, putting Jesus first in our lives, above our family, our friends, our sports, our careers, and our own desires, is simply hard. This is why we're all a first draft. We're all incomplete a work in progress. 
Just consider how long it took the disciples to put Jesus first. They traveled with him for three years. They dropped their nets on the shores of Galilee, and they followed him all the way to Jerusalem. They witnessed miracles, conversions, demons subdued, and lives changed along the way. They themselves were changed by the love and the mercy and the forgiveness, the power of Jesus. But when Jesus was arrested in the middle of the night and led off to be crucified, they turned away. Their hearts were filled with fear and disappointment. The disciples did not have the strength or the faith to continue their journey with Jesus. When he was crucified, only John and his mother Mary and a few other women, the Gospels say, were with him. The disciples needed Pentecost, as we all do. They needed the Holy Spirit. And once the Spirit came upon them as tongues of fire, their hearts and their lives were forever changed. That fear that once held them captive was melted into courage, and their doubt was molded into faith. They went to the ends of the earth, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, many of them willingly giving their lives for the gospel. Why did they not run away this final time. Why did they offer their lives for Jesus? Because he finally came first. After years of stumbling and failing and falling and trying again, they understood and they accepted and they lived the great command of Israel, the Shema. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your strength and with all your soul. You shall put God first. What might this mean for us? There's a distance we are all willing to travel in our faith journey with Jesus, somewhere between the shores of Galilee and Jerusalem. But there's also a breaking point for every soul. At some point, have we not paused and pondered and calculated the cost of faith and asked ourselves whether or not we have the strength to continue? Some of us may have pondered, giving up. Today's gospel passage was that moment for me. I spent five years living in Rome studying for the priesthood. Two years into my stay, my mother developed pancreatic cancer, and so I went home and spent the summer with her. But by August, we had to make a decision that had real consequences. Would I stay with her until she met the Lord? Or would I leave her and go back to Rome to continue my studies? I was confronted in the most unimaginable way with today's gospel. Whoever loves his father and mother, his son and daughter more than me, is not worthy of me. In an effort to put the Lord first, I returned to Rome. Yes, it was the most difficult decision I've ever made, but as Scripture repeatedly teaches us, God is never outdone in generosity. In the last six months, for example, there have been three miraculous healings in our parish. Two of them were on the brink of death. 
One was at Mass this Sunday morning. When we put God first in our lives, He puts us first, and He's never outdone in generosity. But He pays back the sacrifice over and over again. Looking back over your own faith journey, when did you feel the Lord inviting you to put Him first? And what did you have to give up? Or who did you have to give up? Maybe you're still trying, and perhaps we all are. As my friend reminded me on Tuesday morning, our journeys are in draft form. We're each a work in progress. But as our parish vision statement reminds us, we are all generations journeying together with Jesus to satisfy our hungry hearts. Come and see.